Hi there, this is Annie. Um, so I'm just going to carry on with the book Black Pegasus and we're going to carry on with chapter two. So, chapter two. Alexander swipes a strong hand over the surface of the computer screen embedded in the centre of the wide marble desk. Immediately, the three-dimensional holographic image of the face of Mariana Strauss appeared in the air, hovering like stardust. Alexander held the image in his palm, and an emotion like that of flicking backwards through the pages of a book slowly spun it around to glance at the woman's face from all angles and elevations, distinguishing its contours and colours. The image which Alexander controlled was about the size of the bust of an ancient Roman emperor, but this was no emperor. This was a young human female of around 23 years of age, a woman he had been ordered to hunt and imprison. The computer console screen on the desk blinked and brightened with data on her existence. Named Mariana Rose Strauss, she was the granddaughter of Peter Strauss. Employed as a teacher, she lived in a modest flat in the sprawling human city below Alexander's empire. She would be easy to find. Absorbed in the shape of her face and shoulders, he found that she felt strangely familiar. Her holographic image was an inanimate object, one without movement or speech, without the character which accompanies facial expression and body language, but still he was deeply distracted by the face which stared back at him. Alexander motioned his hand over the long chestnut hair on her head and instantly it disappeared. With her head now bald and her face still expressionless, she looked like one of the mannequins humans used to use in their shops. But still she was beautiful. Still he could not dissolve the image back into the computer screen. He stared at the bold blue eyes and the alluringly curved mouth and brushed his thumb over the cheeks to turn the image and take in all of its soft, smooth contours. The only irregularity was a small, thin scar on the left side of her scalp. Inquisitively, Alexander brushed his finger over it. Its dimensions were about the same as that of a fine needle. It was a scar that would have been made after her birth, around the age of 18, but it was too clean and precise to have been the result of an accident. It looked to be surgical in origin, and computer analysis of its less visual characteristics confirmed this. But why? Why would someone carve into this young woman's skull? Was the reason medical? Had she been ill? Possibly. But medical intervention for humans was expensive and risky. Someone would have had to have paid a lot of money for such treatment, and her background was not wealthy. Also, there were no records of her ever being admitted to a hospital or clinic. So what other reason could have caused the scar to exist? Alexander looked further, over her neck, behind her ears, but there was nothing else of note, nothing to indicate other surgery. But what of the rest of her body? Alexander swiped over the console screen in the desk to search for more information on her physical appearance. There was nothing, only her height and weight, measured on the day she first entered employment in the city. Five foot seven inches tall and 110 pounds. Alexander frowned. Too skinny. Malnourished, most probably. His skin bristled with annoyance as he stared at her features. The cheekbones that would be all too clear under her pale, clear skin. The eyes that would look even larger after a day without food. But why did he care? What mattered? What, what matter was it to him if she was poor, or even if she was ill? She had only one meaning for him. He had to focus upon that, and that alone. With hostile irritation at his own preoccupation over a woman he had never met, he dismissed the image from his hand, and it flowed back down into the screen like thousands of colourful grains of sand. Through two white pillars on the far side of the room, Alexander saw his father enter. 
Alexander, Father yelled to, Fedor yelled to his son. Have you found her? Have you located her whereabouts? Yes, I have, Alexander replied, standing tall while his father moved forward. Then go and get her, bring her here, and keep her imprisoned until we have what we seek. The folded wings on Fedora's back rose in anger as the strong words he spoke to his son resonated around the stark white walls of the circular room. This was the governing chamber of the Pegasian city known as the third city of Gemini. Fedora was ruler of that city and Alexander was his son and successor. The tall, broad frames of both father and son cast a long shadow over the marble floor. Fedor, Alexander responded, do not call me Fedor. I am your father and you will address me as such. Fedor's anger had risen, and once roused he was a difficult man to appease. In such a heightened state as this, Fedor's servants and staff would usually bow to his every wish and flutter off to hastily fulfil his every command, frightened by the power at their master's fingertips. But Alexander was not scared of his father. He admired him, he took counsel from him, but he did not fear him. Father, this woman we seek is not a criminal. She has not committed any crime nor violated our laws. We cannot imprison her at will. We are Pegasians. We are the ruling class, but we are not barbarians. We do not rule by force. Alexander, I am ruler of this empire and you are my son. When I am dead and gone, you will succeed my position. And when that day comes, you will understand the choices a ruler has to make for the sake of the future of his nation. In our fight against our enemy, we can stop at nothing to destroy them. The life of one human female is the least of our concern. The wide wrinkled face of Fedora lifted to meet the eyes of his son. Both men shared certain characteristics. Nearly 90 years separated them in age, but the genetic familiarity was still apparent. Alexander was tall and strong, well over six feet, as was his father. They shared the same penetrating dark eyes and both had a strong masculine jawline. But Fedora was 120 years old, with hair of pure white and thin wrinkled skin on his hands and face. His feathers, the, the feathers on his wings were mostly grey, but speckled through with brilliant white. Alexander was 29, a stronger and more powerful version of his father at the same age. His wings were a mixture of dark brown and shimmering black, a black which matched the colour of the thick hair on his head. Alexander stared at his father, watching as his anger turned slowly to deep weariness. Alexander, Fedor calmly stated, my son... It is time for you to take over. I can no longer fight this battle. I cannot rule as I wish to, nor can I make decisions that are not laced with disgust for what I and my generation have created. It is poisoning me. You are my last and most trusted hope. You are the only one of our race who has been bred for this event. You know what you must do. Fedora looked up through his old time-clouded eyes and suddenly his left hand began to twitch. With his right hand, he furiously grasped his wrist, trying to make the involuntary tremors cease. But the twitching continued, spasming convulsively up his arm and into his body. Alexander rushed to his side. Henrietta! Alexander called loudly. Henrietta! Bring my father's medicine and bring it quickly! A little woman with sparrow-like wings fluttered into the wide room. She flew swiftly through the large marble entrance pillars to be at Fedora's side almost the instant she had been called. She was grey-haired and aged about sixty, a woman of no remarkable appearance, but of great ability to do her job. Henrietta was Fedora's nurse. Fedora was ruler of this Pegasian city, but he was also one of the first humans ever to be given wings, and, at the age of 120, one of the few of that group who were still alive.
In the late years of his life, Fedor's health was failing. He needed a nurse, and, based on the merit she had shown, Fedor had chosen Henrietta. Chosen five years ago, Henrietta had been plucked from the bowels of one of the ancient human hospitals and then given wings. A nurse all her days, she was glad to have been lifted from the wearying, relentless toil of everyday life on the Earth's surface. The growth of wings which came with the job of being Fedora's nurse was a dream which Henrietta had agreed upon with relish. Henrietta's small brown wings were not strong. They enabled her to perform short flights across the branching islands of the Pegasian city she lived and worked upon, but they did not allow her to fly safely through the tumultuous skies between distant cities. The size and colour of Henrietta's wings identified and branded her with a lower status than the Pegasians she worked for. However, in spite of this, to Henrietta and all those she had left behind on the Earth's surface, the wings that she now possessed and would keep for the rest of her life symbolised freedom. Henrietta rapidly administered Fedora's medicine while summoning a chair to appear behind him as the drugs took hold of his system and he slumped down. The wide, curved, transparent chair fitted perfectly around the contours of Fedora's back and wings. Henrietta then began to guide the hovering chair and its drowsy occupant out of the room. Wait, Fedora shouted. Alexander stood close to his father's old, tired frame as Fedora's large, wrinkled hand reached out to grab his son's arm. The force which he summoned in his long, bony fingers was more than Alexander expected. The tight, vice-like grip was painful, but Alexander welcomed the feeling because it meant that his father still had strength in him. Alexander, Fedora said, his voice straining to be heard as he, as he fought against the imminent loss of consciousness. Consciousness, You must find her. Mariana Strauss, you must find her. Fedora, we must go now, Henrietta interjected. Take him away, Alexander firmly agreed. I will take over from here. Fedora's head slumped back against the chair as his, as his eyes closed and the colour drained from his face. Henrietta guided the chair to swiftly depart through the smooth, gleaming, synthetic marble pillars. Alexander was left alone in the governing chamber, the room his father used as, as an office and study. The floor was grey marble and the walls and domed roof a pristine white. The shape of the room was circular, as were all Pegasian homes and buildings, for it made flight within them easier. Edges and corners were unnecessary and irksome. A large, curved glass window made up one quarter of the domed roof. It allowed light to enter and the ability to look out at the sky, whilst also obscuring the interior of the room from view of those flying by. Then there was the large marble desk, almost altar-like in its proportions, and in its centre the embedded console screen of the computer. Everything else that was necessary for, for Fedor to work and rule was hidden from view, sunken behind the walls and below the floors, summoned at will by authorised touch from the central computer. There was very little decor in the room except three wall-mounted, gold-framed, coloured photographs taken from old-fashioned cameras and printed on old-fashioned paper. Alexander had authority to access his father's work, files and computer, but Alexander knew that there were still things Fedor kept hidden, accessible by only his touch or command. But Alexander now had enough information to begin his search for Mariana Strauss. Brushing two fingers over the console screen, the domed roof began to open out from the centre. The opening began as a small circular pinprick of light and gradually widened like a burning halo, continuing to expand until a thick golden circle, a thick golden line encircled the open space which was now large enough for outspread wings to glide through. Alexander opened the wings on his back. 
their deep brown and black feathers glistened in the pale moonlight, and with a powerful downward pull, Alexander launched himself up through the circular gap. Once through, the circle closed behind him, and Alexander soared up into the skies. So that is the end of chapter two. I'm sorry for all the little mistakes I made when I was reading it. Um, I hope it, it's, it was still smooth enough for you to follow. Um, okay, so that was chapter two. I hope you enjoyed that and I'll see you again for chapter three. Okay, bye for now.